and you can live in the day. Yeah, so big shout out to my friend Adam uh, and his new lovely wife, Julie. Um, it was awesome. Got to go to their wedding, got to marry the two and sign their vows and um, be an officiant in that process. Uh, really enjoyable. It was, three day, it was a three-day event with the day one rehearsal and then the dinner followed by the but followed by the actual event, the wedding, the reception, and then the next day, the brunch. And man, it was fun. Uh, got to see seven or eight uh, guys that I and gals that I grew up with. And uh, it was in Michigan. So I flew, I took a red eye from San Jose to, or San Francisco to Michigan, Detroit. And that was painful. I woke up and then uh, had a few hours to relax before uh, meeting with the boys and um, getting that all started. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm not married yet. It really wanted to make me get married. <laughs> so much fun. But, you know, it was a year planning for them. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. So marriage is tough. You got to have money and time. Unless you decide to do a small wedding, but so that was that was that was that I got back yesterday, day before Sunday night, late. So uh, yeah, now we're back, and I feel great. Actually, I feel kind of like a hundred, hundred and ten percent. I had I had kind of a break from the baby and um, the work and being on. So it was a good reset. I was thinking it'd be great to get Helena a reset of some kind, give her a break for a few days, but I don't know. I don't know what she would go do or if she would want to, but. Yeah. A massage spa place for a few days, question mark? Oh, man. <laughs> trying to save money. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see, I see. No, that would be awesome. I really should do something like that for her. I think they... I think there's a name for that after, after a woman has a baby, um, they call it, um, like a baby vacation or some kind of baby gift or pregnancy gift. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 I wanted to, uh, touch on the fact that, so I was in this, this Michigan wedding and I heard a lot about the podcast. I heard really I don't know, you know, and, and even Tell one of the more. photographers, came up to me and he was like, Hey man, I know about your podcast. And it's just oh, wow. weird to meet you. Yeah. It was just weird. <laughs> so, uh, it's like, um, man, I, I stand behind the podcast so much. I'm just like hundred percent behind it. It's, it's turned out to be an amazing project. And I think we could stop now and we still, we could be happy with what we did. Um, no rush. We don't stop. Not even theoretically. First, uh, I mean, I mean, I think we're on the verge of like getting sponsors. Like, I'm gonna try to get Home Chef so we can start out every show. Like, <laughs> the show's brought to you by Home yeah. Chef, the number one leader in home cooking for you and your family. I've been practicing, so <laughs> this sound very good. <laughs> um, yeah. So we should have some new listeners uh, introduced. You know, whenever anyone asks me about what I'm doing now, 
other than like NASA. And I'm just like, Oh, podcast, 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 check that out, check it out. Um, and then if, since Spotify is the big deal now, we don't get any like new ratings from new listeners because they're on Spotify and Spotify. There's no mm-hmm. like rating, ratings feature, which is kind of interesting, actually. I, I don't know what they, I don't know how they measure um, or value the rank of a, of a podcast. Like but maybe- clicks, subscribers potentially, and listen time. Probably yeah. Yeah. No, listen time is probably huge. We like, for example, we probably just had like half the people drop off like in the first five minutes. <laughs> Talking about a wedding. Um, yeah, but thank you everyone for listening. This is Man in the Making. That was a little um, warm up sesh. Uh, Rokinus and I like to give everyone updates on what's going on. Try to keep it interesting. If if we talk about stocks too long, we make it a bonus show and it yep. comes out on a Friday or something or whatever. Um, nothing to say much, you know, on stocks except for uh, shout out to TRCH for uh, blasting past the two dollar mark and merger is happening soon with Meta Materials. Can't wait. Shorts are going to get squeezed and good life is good. Very cool. What did, did you have anything for today, Rokas? Yeah, uh, the two questions for on Facebook on your post. So I wrote those down from listeners. All right, let's fire away. So first question: Can being too nice become a detriment to your personal well-being? Oh, interesting question. Well, your personal well-being. That's an interesting uh ending there so means so many different things so being too nice is not a good idea on one level because yes people are kind of cruel and they will take advantage of you so i've been there uh i've seen it i see it all the time actually too nice people and nowadays they call that like being an empath and uh, feeling what other people feel and and you start to get absorbed in like media and feel bad for a certain part of the population it's like you will lose yourself if you are too nice and empathetic and too feeling oriented of course like everything there's a balance you don't want to be a mean selfish person and self-centered you want to find yourself in the middle where you care about your your energy and yourself enough to where you um you manage your time and energy accordingly so that you have enough for yourself at the end of the day and you've not given it all the way to everyone else. Um, so I would say that's definitely going to affect being too nice will definitely affect your personal well-being without a doubt. And I was just talking to somebody about that at the wedding, actually. Um, a, uh, a woman named Brittany who actually I need to get her company that she started. And uh, I want to start, you know, repping her company. She's got a great mission right now where she's supporting realtors and their well-being and how they, um, how they keep their sanity and their uh, spiritual, mental and physical strength all while being in the harsh world of real estate. So we'll have to get her on the show so she can tell her story. She's got a cool story where, she uh she was uh lost her 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 health 
when her, her health went downhill because of overworking and then kind of found a new purpose from that. So it's, it was a great story. And I think she'll, we can probably get her on eventually. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we also have a few more people I'd like to get on in the coming weeks, but uh, yeah, next Saturday, we're going to have our, my friend Marcus on. Um, So, yeah, I mean, pretty simple, uh, you know, being nice is a good thing on the, so let's, so to, to, to round that out. Yes. You want to be a nice person. You want to be uh, selfless. You want to try to do as much as you can for other people, other causes that you truly believe in, not just to be nice, but you should actually care about what you're doing. Um, and I mean, I mean that as like, personally, I will not do things for other people if I don't support that cause or if I don't really like I've said this publicly before, I'm not a big like earth person. I'm not a big environment person. Like I don't donate to those kinds of things or anything because I don't know. It's just not my thing. I mean, do I like to recycle? Yes. Do I like to not use plastic? Absolutely. You know, will I go out of my way to not use plastic? Yeah. But am I going to go to the beach to like, just clean it up? Probably not. Probably not. It's just not my thing, but uh, you know, I, I, would I spend two hours with someone who's upset on the weekend and need someone to talk to? Absolutely. hundred percent. So we all have those interests and I just recommend that people be genuine towards them. Uh, okay. And for a different perspective, uh, yeah, I want your opinion on this. So will, would setting, let's say moral like guidelines, not sure what else to call it when it comes to friendships help with this as an example, again, I, would do and have done a lot for the people I care about. But in order for me to really like care about a person, I also, I'm not sure if morals is the right word, but one of the things I look for in the person is trust in terms of if I would be in a really bad state, then I would trust him to also help me and mm. have my back and in that situation and it wouldn't be just someone yeah, who would turn their back on me when I would need them. So in that way, I think setting morals would be good, but what's your opinion on that in terms of, cause if I'd be helping everyone I come across who would need help, then that would be a lot of energy invested and potentially I'm not, I'm not at a state where you're at where oh, I'm not sure. Okay. I guess this is again, uh, I'm imagining you're in a state where you don't need much back from people if you help them, but I I would still like some things back from them, and yeah, if it's like a consistent friendship. You know what? That's a really really awesome thing. I mean, that just like made me think of something that I've never thought of before. So when we talk about energy management and and reciprocating energy circles and someone gives something back to you so you're not depleted so if i help this person chances are they'll be able to help me when i need help so it's a, it's a worthy 
friendship, it's a worthy collaboration, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what, what, I, what I just realized is in order to get energy back from someone else, we don't need, or in order to think about this properly, when, in regards to energy coming from someone else, we don't need, like, I, well, personally, I don't need someone to come over to my house and help me with the same exact thing that, they, that I help them with. Let's say I, I spend five hours helping someone move from one house to another, pick up couches and TVs and chairs and things like that. Okay. Is it a waste of my energy if, if they don't help me move when I'm ready to move a house? And, and, and I don't think that's the case. It doesn't have to be an equal um, uh, or, or comparable like, yeah. in size, you know what I mean? In, yeah. in, in scope. But what I look for in a return, you know, can be as little as being a good listener. I'll give you an example. Well, the coaching that I used to do um, online in Reddit and, and, and other places for, for uh, young guys and gals uh, who had problems with willpower and meaning and purpose and all that. When I, I could tell that when I was helping someone, I, could, I would spend an, you know, an hour texting with someone back and forth and trying to help them with their issue. If that person like followed at least one thing that I recommended, all of a sudden I felt like rejuvenated. And I was mm -hmm. like, boom, I did not waste any time. They at least did one thing that I recommended. And then they come back to me and they explain it to me. And they're like, Hey, I did that worked pretty good, but I don't understand this thing, whatever. Um, that to me was like, Oh, this is a great person I can spend my energy on because they're going to come back to me with uh, a little bit of a boost in myself. So they didn't have to do anything for me. But the fact that they just listened, or they were listening, you know, really made it made it worth my time. Now, other people, I would give the same advice, they had the same issues. And a week later, they would they would disregard everything I said and be back to square one. And you know what, if that happens enough, I close off and I'm like, Nope, this person is not listening to a word I say not even entertaining it. And that they're officially wasting my time. So I'm cutting that person off. And, um, you know, you'll find that that happens throughout life. Some people, you know, the really good people who are going to bring energy back into your life or something valuable, they'll just reach out to you for no reason, or they'll call you, or they'll, they'll just try to keep, stay connected. And, um, I think that's kind of special. I think that's rare and difficult to do. And, you know, we want to keep those people front and center uh, for sure. You know, if it's genuine, as long as it's genuine, which it should be. Uh, I know some salespeople, I think I was telling you this recently, you know, they're not genuine. They keep in touch, but it's only to like sell something and, and it gets pretty annoying pretty quick, but does that make sense with what you were saying? Yeah. Like, I, 
let's see, like in regards to like being in the same, like I don't need, you know, I, I watch my energy and I need the people that I talk to, to be on the same level. I need to be that. I need them to be helpful or am I'm just wasting my time. You know, it's like this podcast. If, if we just recorded, you know, 80 episodes or whatever, and we didn't hear anything back from anyone. I mean, I might have, I'm, I'm not sure if we would have gotten this far, but the fact that, you know, every five to 10 episodes, we have like a testimony that says like, Hey, this like made my week. I really needed to hear this, you know, those kind of special things that we hear every now and then that's the energy that's it's coming back to us. And we're like, boom, uplifted again, ready to go another episode. So you know, in, in trying to schedule this one, I know this one was tough, but, and we're go live tomorrow with it, uh, leaving you with less time for, for post work. But, you know, I really wanted to get to it because, uh, you know, I remember, um, the la- the most recent testimonial from someone, uh, and, and, and hearing people talk about it, uh, on during my travels, it, you know, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, so that's energy, that's energy management. And those are the things that we all need to focus on. You know, I'm no different. Uh, if anything, the, I need to worry about it more because I talk to so many more people probably I, than the average person. I, I, I talk to many, many people a day and, and uh, give out a lot of energy. So I need some of that to come back or else I'm, I'm being foolish really i'm playing the fool that's why i when i talk to someone for a long period of time i usually end up charging them uh money and if someone you know you i have people all the time try to get free counseling and i will extend my my energy to anyone for at least a little bit but if they keep coming back with the same thing that i already said i send them a link and i'm like hey sign up for this and and uh we can actually have a real client session. But before that, you know, I can tell you're just wasting my time. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there's a good answer to the person's question then. Okay, next question. Go. Um, I'll phrase, ex- I'll just repeat exactly how they wrote it. So, why do you want so many different options to flags? And what does the psyche gain from flexing? Are you saying flexing like F L E X? Yeah. And is um, that so? I guess it's it's sort of showing off a reference yeah. to showing. Oh, off. I'm aware of flexing for sure. I get made fun of a lot by my friends. <laughs> <laughs> flexing about uh, the podcast rush. <laughs> Well, I have a, a few a few chats, you know, with a bunch of guys in it, and um, one of them, I was making a, I was saying something the other day, and they were like, "Hey, Raj, pretty sure every time you come in here, you just flex and then leave." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it." Um, all right, so so now that I know that you're talking about flexing, can you say that again? Why is it? Why do you want so many different options to flex, and what does the psyche gain from flexing? All right. Well, who are they talking about? Because who said you want many options to flex? Where does the what's the context of that? Do you know? 
Um, they also added gain social credit slash standing, and then in brackets, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, our cars, homes, etc. Hmm. You know, for so for, I, I really wouldn't worry about having anything to flex. Um, it should happen naturally. It, it should just be interesting in so many things that everything you say ends up being a flex just on accident. You shouldn't have to be like, is this good for my psyche to pick up this hobby? So, you know, it, you don't want to think about your character that way. A, a good general would not think, you know, if I'm good at this, I'll be able to win the X amount of wars, you know, they, they, they just, they're interested in the subject, so they study it. And if war comes up, well, then that's another, it's a way to test their philosophy. So things just happen. Um, you do things in life, and you should do a lot of things so that you don't bore yourself to death and that you have value. So that is good for your psyche, to have value. Um, but... You know, you don't want to talk about it unless you really have to. Does that make sense? I mean, what, what what's your answer? That, that, that's such an interesting question. So there's two different approaches, I think. <clears throat> the one, what is the and psychic? I might not be understanding. Uh, what is the psychic game from flexing? So that's ego as first approach. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you're showing off all the things you have, so it's to do with ego. Um, the second approach. I think, yeah, why do you want so many different options to flex? It's, it gives us meaning in life, potentially, depending on what you're pursuing, but it could potentially give meaning in life, having more options, uh, aiming for different goals. Yeah, options are good, and, and they're well for the one thing it's good for the psyche for is for it's for self-confidence right if you're confident about something and you can speak on a topic with knowledge um and passion uh, you can really go far um if you put yourself out there so that is good um i don't know i just the basis of the question is kind of strange it okay, so why does a person want to improve their social standing Let's say through posts on Instagram of like expensive cars and other things and big houses. They constantly posting oh. those sort of things. And then, yeah. So where does that yeah, need to gain status. social standing come from? Yeah, it's status. And well, it comes from, uh, you know, I guess it comes from ego, right? I mean, it, <laughs> you know, we're all nowadays we're all kind of narcissists at some point in our life so there's a bit of a narcissism there look at me kind of thing and and uh but also there's there's identity you know beyond all that there's identity for example i mean i just changed my my images my avatars for twitter facebook and instagram right because because i'm wearing this thousand dollar suit for this wedding and it's a damn nice suit and I got a lot of compliments on it. So 
it's a great time to update my pictures and all that from a recent event. And it's a great picture. So that's, that's ego, right? That's status. That's identity, right? Self-perception. So number one, if I keep that in check, I have a positive self-perception. Very important for our character. If you don't have a positive self-perception, it means you're lowering your self-confidence and you have lack of uh, self-worth. You don't want that. So do I need to change my picture to like reflect that? No. But do I think highly of myself? Damn right I do. So should I keep the picture of the $1,000 suit? Hell yeah. That's my suit. I'm proud that I got a chance to buy it too. So, um, you know, it's like we always talk about. There's got to be a balance of ego or else you're going to get eaten alive by other people and other systems. Um, this game is played with ego. That's the piece that you have on the board. It's made up of ego. On the, on, that's the shell. That's the, that's the armor. So that if other things come at you, you have something to do. You have a motivation to act. Uh, and then the, 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 what moves the piece is willpower. And what moves willpower is, is uh, awareness. And awareness is also consciousness and that soul. So you're made up of soul, but you have this outer layer of ego. And you need that. Uh, you need a, you, the, how thick it is depends on you know, how, how much of in check you have it and how much of a balance it's in. So, so my new avatar pictures are great for my psyche, right? I'm kind of happy with the photo. It's like a new thing. It's cool. So you want to look at yourself highly. You want to treat yourself highly. No, there's no question about it. And a monk gave me that advice. He said, treat yourself like a saint. And, um, you know, I didn't understand that at first because I thought the spiritual path was all about humility and, you know, being demure and putting yourself in the background. And that's all part of it. But, but in the core, you should have this positive self-perception. So that's the good part of it for the psyche. If you let it go too far and I started to like post about what car I drove and shit like that. I mean, who cares about that? Right. It's one thing to change your picture because that's what you look like. But no one needs to know what kind of car I drive. No one needs to know what kind of computer I have and things like that. What, you know, how much money I'm spending on something. They just see the picture and says, oh, that, that's Raj. That's good enough, I think. That's a good balance. For everyone else with the houses and the cars and the, you know, the Dan Blazarians in the world, um, that's a guy who just like, he's a millionaire that, that his social media is all like, uh, like beautiful women and like guns and, and cars and doing fun stuff. If it, you know, if that's your style, then, then your, your sense of self-worth is very high, maybe too high. And, um, you know, Hey, if that's your thing, then great but do you do i do i sense that that person has a lot of wisdom not really at least he's not showing it that's for sure 
So gather things, gather knowledge, uh, gather a high sense of self-perception, but you don't need to really flex about it. Unless, you know, I heard The Rock say something once, and, and I kind of always remembered it. He said, um, when you're really good at something, you'll, you'll, you'll know it, right? But when you're great at something, other people will tell you. And I think that's, I think that's a profound thing to say. And, and let other people flex for you. Don't, don't do all the flexing yourself because really in the end, then you're just playing yourself. And there's a balance between that because you also said earlier, uh, uh, a few, I think episodes ago, that if you, if you've studied something a lot or have a lot of knowledge in something, then it's worth speaking about that thing because it's likely that other people should listen to that i'm not sure how you phrased it but along those lines so there's a balance between flexing in that way where when you're speaking other people should probably listen because yeah it's something you spend a lot of time on and between like letting other people flex for you as you said if this is making sense yeah and 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 i think it all boils down to context you know if you're at a bar and you're hanging out with friends you know and all of a sudden you just start talking about if I started like talking about my book, like, oh yeah, you know, I, I wrote a book and everyone's like, uh, what? That has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. That's like, <laughs> that's stupid. Right. But if you're at a book conference and you're a speaker and the, the they say, now uh, we'd like to welcome Raj Shankar uh, to talk about his book. Everything is your fault. Well, that's probably an appropriate moment to start talking about the book that I wrote. And then that's expected of me. So there's that context and everything in between. So like, for example, at the wedding, I never mentioned my book until someone mentioned it to me and then we would talk about it. And, you know, for some reason, like half the people there brought it up and they were like, oh, you're the guy who wrote the book. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but (laughs) yes, that is something that I've done. And then, you know, you have to wait for those appropriate social cues before you can start spewing out your own flex. And, and I had an amazing conversation with one fellow. It was really, I mean, it must've been like uh, just standing there for an hour talking back and forth and really intelligent fellow. And uh, you know, when you, when you sense an intelligent person, they kind of, you kind of feed off each other's energy. It's really interesting. And he was uh, really probing my story, really reaching deep down. Like, can you tell me about it? Can you go through this? Why did you do that? And these really interesting questions. And um, it was totally okay to kind of go into what I did and answer his questions. And then once I noticed kind of we had reached a peak, we kind of naturally um, went off to current events and other topics. And it was very natural, very organic. And um, you could tell that we were both really enjoying the conversation and we were better for it. Um, So you really have to pay attention to what's going on before you open your mouth. And if you do that right, um, 
things can really work smoothly. You don't always have to say anything. It's, it's, gosh, that was one of the funnest parts of the, the wedding is just being around so many people. And, and, you know, I, I got a chance to hear about a few people who are psychology majors and, and, and studying the work of Jordan Peterson and things like that, you know, it was really great. And, and if sometimes I didn't even say anything, I was like, right. Someone will start talking about Jordan Peterson and I would just be like, yeah, I agree with everything you just said, you know, it's great. I didn't, I didn't necessarily go, Oh yeah. I've studied everything he's ever done like for yeah. 10 years. Uh, you know, that may not necessarily be important at that moment. And then maybe, you know, later in the conversation, you start explaining something and then they go, Oh, so, you know, his work and you go, yeah, I've studied it for a long time. And then like, they kind of remember it. If you just say something out of the blue, people might be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then all of a sudden they forget about it. But if you let them come to you and then you reveal like a little piece of information, then it, it really has a, a great effect on their psyche. I have nothing else. Ah. Although sure. I do have something else, but I'll leave it for another episode because it's a different question. Like different Is topic. it different? Yeah, different topic. Do we have enough time on this one? Ah, uh, yeah, we can, might as well keep going. Okay. So what part of us is awareness? The part that sees... The, the part that experiences and catalogs that's made up of awareness. And what it sees is consciousness, which is also us. Our awareness perceives consciousness. Our awareness also perceives ourselves. Is consciousness also your thoughts? Uh, no, no. Thoughts are a byproduct of consciousness. So, uh, wind is a byproduct of the fan the fan and the wind are not the same thing because you have consciousness you produce thoughts okay. like you don't need thoughts to prove that consciousness exists but awareness is so aware of thoughts so awareness is also your soul awareness is kind of almost everything but to make it simple to understand, awareness is the, this operating system that's constantly running. Um, and the moment we tap into that and become it, then we tap into ourselves. Like we are aware. I am aware. I'm fully present of conscious. I can fully perceive consciousness going on around me. That's the first level of that. It's called attention, all right? Concentration is kind of seeing it more times than not. Meditation and contemplation is, is this aspect of realizing that you are the thing that is perceiving reality. You are the awareness that is perceiving consciousness. It's like, I think, okay? I, I'm a conscious, sentient being, okay? Um, but what is... What, what, but what am I? I know that I, I have that those faculties, but what am I? And it's like, that is me. 
the thing that is perceiving. It is the I. It is the awareness. And they call that the watcher in um, Hinduism. Is awareness what you train in meditation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's grasping awareness uh, and also manipulating awareness so that it doesn't move you. It you you move it. You 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 move yourself. So uh, I was trained to think of awareness like a white ball of light, like a golf ball. Um, and in meditation, you can kind of visualize that golf ball in your forehead, like in a cage or a box. And if you can keep that white ball in the in the box or in the cage without it it jumping around and going anywhere else throughout the mind well then you have like one pointed concentration and then the that awareness is just there just looking just just perceiving like not waiting but because waiting would imply that something else is going to happen but just being there and that's the present moment. So all of it is kind of tied together in the end, right? They do have different levels, consciousness, awareness, thoughts, breathing, reality. All of it has these separate levels. But in the end, we can boil it all down in metaphysics to uh, just awareness. And what does awareness step out of line in terms of if you learn to control it in meditation and manipulate yeah. when does it step out of no, line why why does it step out of line in the first place oh um so <laughs> awareness is like very sticky and it loves to um whenever it bounces to something let's say that golf ball um let's say a golf ball was really sticky like it was almost like made up of gum. And if you hit it too hard, it kind of uh, gummifies and, and is not solid anymore. And the golf balls on the tee and you hit it with the golf club and it would just stick to the golf club. Right. So in a sense, the gum would like absorb into the golf club and become the golf club. So our awareness perceives something. Okay. Like, for example, I can hold up a, a, an orange pen. All right. So my awareness is perceiving the pen. Now, if the pen is uh, beautiful enough or uh, engaging enough, all of a sudden, I'll forget that I'm not the pen. I'll forget that I'm awareness and I'll just think I'm the pen or that the pen is all that that awareness is like a movie. You watch a really good movie and you could get stung by a mosquito and not even know it. But yet, if you're just not doing anything and there's a mosquito around you, nothing engages your awareness, you, are, you detect the mosquito bite. So how can our awareness get so engrossed in certain things, you know, that it almost becomes the thing? You know, for a while, you step into a good movie. You become a book, a really good book. You go inside of it. And your awareness takes over from there. So we have to uh, retrain our thinking to understand that we're reading a book. We're not the book. We're watching a movie. We're not the movie. And that's detachment. 
And uh, that's how we control our, that's how a yogi controls their awareness or thinks about their awareness as they live their life. There's always this, this sense of uh, separateness from the thing that you're aware of. And uh, why does that happen? That's, that's just the qualities of awareness. It's sticky, likes to stick to things and, and become them. Uh, if you put a piece of a gum on the bottom of a shoe, eventually with enough time and walking, that gum will become a part of the shoe and you won't be able to detect the shoe or the, you know, where the shoe begins and the gum ends. You'll just see shoe, bottom of the shoe, maybe a slightly darker spot. So we need to learn that. And uh, that's how we kind of, the, that's like the basis of every kind of yogic teaching there is, is understanding that about awareness so that we can understand why we get angry, frustrated, anxiety, you know, stressful. It's because our awareness has become something else. The thing that we're focused on, the stock market. If I, if I put my awareness on a falling stock and, and I'm invested in it, all of a sudden, the falling stock somehow represents every single thing in my life. And I become that, that failure and, I, and my body responds with uh, stress hormones. But if I can detach my awareness and say, well, it's just a stock, it's going to come back up. I'm not, you know, it does, it's not the be all or end all of me. It's fine. All right. That's a sense of detachment. It's a sense of maturity as well. And, um, and intelligence, emotional intelligence. Uh, the stock doesn't have to overwhelm me. My partner, the baby, the crying baby doesn't have to overwhelm me because I know I'm, I'm, I can step out and go to another place that is more real. And for example, would you give anger? Well, anger is usually provoked by another person um, or a tragic event. So if, uh, if I know nothing needs to be personal, I don't need to take anything personally and I can focus on myself and what I'm doing, then the, the person who's uh, trying to provoke anger out of me doesn't actually get it. It's uh, remembering that when we talk to another person, we're not the other person or we're not, we don't have to be affected by the other person. We don't have to be affected by anything outside of us. That's the main principle. So if that's true, then I don't ever have to get angry. I don't ever have to be provoked from stimulus. There doesn't need to be a reaction to the stimulus. At least not right away. But then you only applied that to negative emotions, right? Ideally, yeah. We don't want to be um, so detached that we don't feel mm -hmm. happiness or joy or... Um, you know, a sense of fulfillment uh, or satiety from good food. But you, you know. could be detached from that as well, right? Yes. Yes, you could. You could indeed. It, it, that's, that's a good point. You know, uh, a lot of people just try to remove the bad from their life and keep the good. But they're both, they're both the ends of the same uh, coin, coin uh, or string. I mean, they're, they're together. They're, they're just, they're the same things. They're just uh, a different expression of it. And so, and yeah, we were, you know, the monks were taught to not get ever too excited or too, too happy or, you know, too overwhelmed with something in a sense of, of good, because that was 
energizing that same coin. It was putting energy into the same coin and it could just as easily get flipped the other way without you looking and uh, could happen very quickly. Now, sorry for interrupting, the higher the high, the lower the low will be like in those sums. Right, right. Now, is that? Could be, not will be. Yeah, so because there's that caveat, doesn't have to be, could be. Mm-hmm. I lean to, more towards the enjoyment of life, right? I, I don't try to throttle um, too much happiness. I, I'm not, I don't do that good of a job at that. And I don't think I have to, uh, um, you know, I try to enjoy everything uh, as much as I can. And, and um, you know, maybe even to a fault, you know, so if I enjoy something and I know that that thing could eventually make me unhappy, well, I'm kind of good at detaching myself from unhappiness. So I kind of get my cake and eat it too. Um, But they're still aligned with that because at some point, like there, there is like a certain amount where I guess, no, I won't go into it. But yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good reflection that you're talking about. So uh, a, a perfect example is the stock market, I think. The stock market can easily make you happy. I mean, it can make you wealthy. Likewise, it can make you very poor and put yourself in some serious trouble if you don't know what you're doing, right? I think, uh, what, Bill Huang or something recently lost like $20 billion or something on the stock market because he was messing around with options or something or puts so i'm not i'm not actually sure how bill Huang. yeah options offense yeah so if you if you're dealing with unlimited losses on a call uh or on a on a not call but a put um you know that's dumb but if you if you're let's say let's say i'm in the stock market i'm i'm paying attention to what i'm doing you know, can I, can I understand the risk? And this goes for anything. Can I understand the risk? Can I see the pros and the cons? And can I go for the risk, get happy when I succeed, and then kind of like be, be detached and cautious when I am not so successful? Do I have to be, do I have to experience the opposite of joy? Do I have to be fearful? Do I have to be upset? Do I have to be full of anxiety? If I'm also, when times are good, you know, joyful and explorative and adventurous and happy, you know, I tend to think I'm going to go in, I'm going to take the risk. Um, I'm ready for it to do well, but I'm also ready for it to do bad. So I don't have to, and I'm not putting all my uh, eggs in one basket. So I, and then when things don't work out so well, I don't get upset. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. But if things are going really well, Helena can hear me in the other room. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but she doesn't hear me when everything, when things are red, she doesn't hear me when things are down. Cause I know that, you know, it's only down temporarily. And what would be your argument for 
Um, feeling less negative emotion makes you more human. Would you argue that? Feeling less negative yeah, emotion. Would that make you more human? Well, you have to understand that there's a difference here. So there's a difference between human and soul. Yeah. Okay. What you're saying, yeah, what you're saying ties into what you were saying the other week, which is correct. I said essence of humanity. Yeah. So so being human, of course, is experiencing both the, the bad and the good and all of that. Because human is just the encasement of the Homo sapien is in, is encasing the body. Um, and the ego and the soul so it's all of that stuff so less so i think spirit so to being to be more human really means to identify with the less spiritual and the more concrete the earthly yeah but to to, to align with the essence of who we are i mean you can go as far as ramana maharishi and not feel anything at all ever that to me is, is uh, you know, not as enjoyable. But that is the sagely, uh, that is a sagely characteristic. But that's boring. I don't know a question, but I forgot. <laughs> I've had two questions now, which I forgot. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to experience ah, life. This was it. Okay. Now that you said that. So I'm not sure if I'm understanding this the right way, but I'll use this as an, as an example. So life is suffering, as you said, the Buddhists believe. And then my interpretation is that during those downs in your life, you learn a lot more about yourself. And yeah, I guess I would say about yourself. So if you're suppressing your negative emotions, do you still learn more about yourself or are you already at a state where you know enough about yourself so that's why you're able to suppress those emotions no you don't want to suppress anything oh okay okay. so you want to experience everything fully if i'm detached i can still experience something if i'm detached from the stock i can still experience its rise and its fall but i'm not affected by its rise and its fall but i can see it happening if i feel upset at my at my spouse for doing something that I thought was dumb and I passive aggressively um, say something to them swallow my pride and, and never bring the topic up again but it's eating away at me <laughs> that's suppression that's bad that that is but you're right what about terms of detachment as well then for my question well, well, you're right in the sense that suppression of negative emotions is not going to help you reveal more things about yourself. You'll stop learning things. And that's where a lot of people are at. They'll stop learning. So that's why therapists bring that, that stuff out of them so that they can experience it again in, in the light of day. What do you mean? How does that with detachment? Um, so exact same question, but with detachment instead of suppression. So remember, you with well, well, that's a really good question because if hang on a second, Go, we we should probably talk that out. So if you're detached, can you still can you learn about yourself and negativity if you're detached? 
if you've had a negative event happen to you, you're at a low, but you've detached yourself from it. Do you still learn from that negative event? Man, that's a good question. Because I, I'd have to go into the into the case and say, when let's see, I'd have to go into it and say, is the person, what is their motivation for detachment? If it's wisdom, then they don't need to learn the lesson, uh, possibly. They're just, they're just, they're just like, there's no karma there. But if they're detached because of some sort of trauma and they need to learn something, then I'd say there's a problem. For example, okay, so some people are detached from um, their job, right? And everyone at their job kind of needs them to be attached and needs them to be focused. Uh, and then they end up getting fired. So that's kind of stupid. And that was a bad way to, to, to behave. If, you don't want to be, and let's say they wanted the job, but they thought they were, they were doing something right by being detached. Well, that's not, the goal is not to be fired. So the detachment was a incorrect uh, response. Uh, plenty of people get divorces because one of the spouses gets detached from the other one and their spouse is unhappy. They don't pay attention to them anymore, blah, blah, blah. They're like roommates and they get a divorce. That's not healthy, right? We don't want that. So, uh, but then again, if I'm in a conflict with the team at work and everyone's yelling at each other and I'm detached and I'm like, hey, everyone, um, is it possible that we can use all of your solutions except at different times? Uh, and then everyone goes, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. That's really great. So that's a good detachment right so everything is case sense case specific the context of why you're detached is so important um that i think you know i don't like black and white rules and um look i've seen plenty of uh advanced yogic mystics who have been detached at the wrong times and it pisses a lot of people off and it looks like they're creating more karma for themselves. You know, in the end, will they, will they, is that the right response? I mean, it depends on what you want. If you want other people to be uplifted by your presence, well, no. If you don't care how people feel about your presence and you only, you know, care about your, you know, your sense of calm and your detachment, well, then it is the right response for you. Me, I tend to, you know, I, had, I like to have a balance. I like to be detached, but I also like to make people feel like I'm listening and that I'm paying attention to them. And if my detachment is causing them suffering, then I'll loosen up on it and try to kind of be more empathetic with the person. Right. It's hard to say one thing or the other that is right. It, 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 it all depends. You know, you wouldn't want to be detached if. Uh, well, you wouldn't want to be unresponsive. Let's say that. See, detachment is not unresponsive. Is that what you're thinking? Is that are we sure we have detachment defined well enough? Because unresponsiveness and cold coldness is not detachment. 
that we can still experience life. Does unresponsiveness imply not being like not directing your awareness towards it? But yes. yeah, but then even if you're unresponsive, I guess it depends unresponsive how unresponsive emotionally, but then you can still be responsive in terms of awareness. So you're still, even though you're irresponsive, you're still aware. Yeah. So that's kind of a, another way to define detachment is, 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 is the careful, you know, manipulation of your own awareness to include intelligence without too much emotion. Okay. So we have, that's what emotional intelligence is, right? It's a healthy dose of detachment when in the line with, in align with um, the, the, the aspects of your life. So if someone's crying, right? You don't want to be so unresponsive that you don't console them and try to help them. But you also don't need to start crying with them. So there's that, there's affectionate detachment, right? That's what the monks would call that balance. Affectionate detachment. But it depends on the situation as well. Sometimes you would want to cry with them. Yes. Yes. If you're watching a, a sad movie, oh man. Or even enjoy it, like when Neela was saying about marriage. Like that he would yes. Be, so oh yeah. Fine. I cried. I cried with my buddy, uh, you know, before his wedding, you know, uh, we were, we were hugging and, and we were tearing up. And yeah. I was like, man, we've got to keep it together. <laughs> we've got to detach a little bit. <laughs> Or else we won't be able to make it. Um, but yeah, to you know, if I was sitting in the hallway and, and just not, not feeling anything, I wouldn't be a very good friend, would I? Yeah. You know, but uh, man, I I've been terrible with movies lately. Movies are just making me cry a little bit. Not a lot. Look, not a lot. I'm not a wuss, but I still do jujitsu. <laughs> but. Uh, like uh, we watched Brokeback Mountain the other day. That was one of the that was one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen. There are some Have interesting you... life lessons from movies, yeah, yeah and perspectives was... as well. Um, and another powerful movie. I mean, one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen is um... oh, what's that Samuel L. Jackson movie? There's quite a few the happiness happiness the not the pursuit of happiness is it the pursuit of happiness yes the pursuit of happiness oh my oh, god interesting have you ever seen that yeah it's um i mean just to sum up so we know we have the right one where is there's a point where he's sleeping with his kid in a toilet cubicle, right? Yes. Yeah, and then okay, cool. so the same movie at the absolute bottom of his life, and then eventually he becomes a successful stockbroker. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. So that that movie, like, I can't. When I see something like that, I'm like, man, you you that is like, and that's a true story. Um, Mm -hmm. you know i really think that willpower is is so strong and when we want something nothing will stop us nothing mm -hmm. 
and it's it's a great example of, of that and uh man the 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 ability for that guy to like learn when he did how he did in the midst of of what was going on it's like uh it's like every powerful story especially victor frankel you know surviving uh uh, concentration camps and losing his wife and coming out the other end, understanding how strong people really are. Uh, that stuff is, that's why you have to read that stuff. You have to watch those kind of movies. You have, to, and then with that perspective, for example, you know what? If you watch that movie and don't feel anything, I don't ever want to talk to you ever again. Like we got nothing in common and we would not even be on the same level. Like there'd be a problem. It's like, it's like this one guy that wanted to, uh, wanted me to coach him as, as a, as a student, he wanted to be my student. I said, okay, you need, you need to read the hundred page autobiography of Frederick Douglass, right? Got to do it. That's the first assignment. So he started to read it and he said, Raja, you know, I'm not really, uh, not really into it. Uh, I don't get it, you know, and I'm like, okay, sorry. I'm not teaching you anything else. <laughs> you're, you're, it's like going to be trying to teach a brick wall. Um, if, if you don't understand pain at that point by reading that book, you're, you're not yet ready to understand deeper things. Um, so I don't know. I'll never forget that what he, when he told me that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But detachment, Raj. Detach. <laughs> oh, no, I detach from him, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, oh, was that it? Uh, that could be it, yeah. All right, sir. Thank you, Raj. Yeah, great episode. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening and uh, being part of this spontaneous conversation. Remember, we are leaving show notes in the episodes for, I think, our retreat. Uh, Everything is your fault. The book on Amazon comes out in a few months. I mean, it's getting closer. We're going to really start ramping up conversations about that book, uh, mm-hmm. Rogas, when it gets close. It would be good to read it and ask questions on it as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Happy to do that. Um, and we would love your feedback. Uh, feel free to email us. Rokas, do we have our emails in the show notes? It's in general notes of podcast description. All right. Yeah. Reach out to us. Give us feedback. Tell us if you want to be on the show or not. And we're going to have a conversation with you. Um, yeah, we are uh, very happy with, with everything going on. And, and I think we're we're almost at like 80 or maybe 82 episodes i don't know we're getting up uh, there 79 79 all right uh we're gonna have a good friend of mine on the show next week uh we're just gonna talk about we're just gonna shoot the the breeze about life he's a he's a great fun guy a bit of an adventurist outdoorsman uh and yeah so Thanks, everyone, and see you next time. Goodbye.